Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from The Word. This is The Word Podcast. Answer your names, Mark Ellen. Mark Ellen. And uh, engineering this week, in the background, <laughs> can you shout, Matt Hall. Matt Hall. And special guest, Martin Fry. Hello there. Hello, hello, hello. Hello indeed. Martin just now said, so, so what do I have to do? Just talk. And uh, we said, yes, that's all you have to do. Is so he quite comfortable with that? I was born to talk, yeah. And you come unplug me when you've had enough of me talking. Right. But it I love to talk. Yard. That's how I get my best ideas, talking. Definitely. To what, who? What, to other people? Yourself? Well, um... Friends and close family members, but I do talk to myself quite a lot. I have talked to myself on records before. In fact, some I did uh, many years ago. The Look of Love, but in it, there's a bit where I talk to myself basically, and a guy was asking me about it this afternoon. And I did. I think it is the first sign of madness, really. <laughs> Can to I talk to oneself have in you public. Have you your sleep? No, no, never. Peter Blankvad, the cartoonist at Word Magazine, has a voice-activated tape recorder by the bed because he, he talks in his sleep. And so when he wakes up in the morning, turns it on, apart from obviously an enormous amount of snoring, he has these strange <laughs> psychedelic <laughs> monologues upon which he bases enormous amounts of his work, I think. Good, he, he says something sensible. He says something, well, I don't know if it's sensible. Say that he, he can make it. some... Yes, indeed. Good grief. Yeah, quite interesting. I've never heard of that. No. Do you keep the tape recorder by the bed, Mark? Well, it, it, it is a good idea. for songs, didn't they? Uh, yeah, your dreams and your subconscious is pretty much what you chase when you write a song, isn't it? Or, or at least try and find out what everybody else... You know the zeitgeist is what you know what the nation is thinking about. But um, what I used to do was um, this is a long time ago. I used to drink heavily and um, then write incredible. <laughs> drink heavily. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Those, that's the first. And I used to write yourself. Must drink more. And I used to write incredible poetry, but of course in the morning you can't read your own handwriting. Uh, so probably a blessing. you know. If I could only decipher some of those um, some you know incredible moments I, of insight, Sartori. This is a running joke. The recording's our, good. In our magazine, which I, I had this dream. Sorry, it's very boring to talk about your dreams, but we've started now. Mm-hmm. I had this dream. I was at, at a meeting, a board meeting of RCA Records, which dates it. It must have been a while ago. And we were thinking up the name of the next boy band to replace Take That. And in the dream, I suggested the name of this band. And it was so fantastic that I woke myself up wrote the two words on a piece of paper and went back to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, piece of paper by the bed, what did it say on it, Dave? Two words, 
Egg Friday. <laughs> right. That works for and me. Every, <laughs> it works. Egg Friday. Every issue of Word somewhere mentions the group Egg Friday. It has, done, it has done for two years. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> somewhere there's always of, a mention of Egg Friday. I'll tell you what you're doing there. You're, it's you're willing it to happen. Oh, yeah. You are using your I'm wish fulfillment, your of sense love. of um, yeah, prophecy, <laughs> self-fulfilling prophecy to make it happen. So, you know, one day... when I launch this band, everyone will be really familiar with them. It could be a band, it could be oh, an so actor. Which is your member, favourite member of Friday. <laughs> Yeah, we were speculating recently when I was writing yeah. the Cornbury programme, uh, and uh, I was writing the quiz, and the question was, where does the name 10cc come from? Yeah, I That's know. a rude answer. Dave. It is not a rude it's answer. I know the answer. I oh, think it's on, a rude right. answer too. Tell us what you think is the rude answer, Martin. I think it relates to a test tube and... Well, I can't even say it's, it. It's too rude. I don't know if it's a family I'm show. I'm going to go there. It's, it's, it's a family the show. cubic it's capacity the... of the male ejaculation yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the kind of the original. So they say. No, so they no, say. no I'm going to correct you. It's 9cc. It's the cubic capacity of both self-respecting men. Anyway. Let's have a look at your test tube. And so their joke was, it's going to be 1cc more. Right, because they're 10cc, right? They're just one oh, ladder. Well, the story that I got was actually came uh, to Jonathan King in a dream. Oh, so it was, it was not... No. I think he's claiming anything to do with the... You know, that, that, was just, <laughs> that was just a rude myth tacked onto it afterwards. That's actually even worse, though, isn't it? Go on. you're banned after something that came... I think Jonathan King's dreams were probably sure pretty hands. damn lurid. Yeah, God <laughs> bless him. Talking yeah. of weird things, uh, Backwards 7 been in touch on the website. Who remembers when he was at university, he met a bloke called Hines who introduced him to the music of Neil Young, J.J. Kale and Bob Dylan. And he said to him one afternoon in a hall of residence, have you ever listened to that Bob Dylan song, I Want You, on your mm. Walkman, Okay. Yeah, you know that song. Oh, don't well, you? Yeah. the guilty understanding. Take us, is yeah. that the right? Okay, yeah, that's, that's all right across. Yeah, and he said he had one observation to make about it. It makes you walk in a really stupid way. Okay, and he said he he was right. If I listened to it while I was walking, it forces you to adopt an arrhythmic prancing gait. Like an outrageously camp pantomime dame with a limp. The more you try to I'm resist, gonna, that's fantastic. The worst this is going game on my iPod we could all play. <laughs> I tell you what, um, that really does strike a chord with me because when we first started with ABC way back when, and we were working with uh, Trevor Horn, we did have this idea, and Walkmans had just come in back then, so I am aging myself enormously. Oh God, no! But we had the idea that, and people used to advertise them with headphones on and roller skates, and that used to really irritate us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So together, collectively, we wanted to make a track that, if you heard it on headphones, it would probably make you um, your bowels move or something. We wanted to use <laughs> bass frequencies. We dreamt of this track that had bass frequencies on it that would definitely disorientate you and, 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 and make you fall over on the floor and vomit, possibly. That's a, so, in a way, can, that is, can musical sounds do that? That does strike a chord. Can yeah, they can. The military, somebody, is there a note you can The military play will play a lot will for. Um, destroy your motor nervous didn't system. Jimmy, Matt Hall, didn't Jimmy Corsi, the other half yes. of the have a um, have a tank yeah. which he bought with a sonic kind of gun what? on it? He, We're uh, talking about a military tank. Yeah, military yeah. tank. Yeah. Uh, which, and, he, and he got one of the, he got this sonic gun from the military, and he lived on Dartmoor or somewhere, and he used to go around, and basically what it does is it um, manipulates the insides of a, of, a ma of a mammal animal and blows them up. 
He's taking a step further. Exploding sheep all over the hardboard. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's one layer than a stun gun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a riot control device. Music is chasing. Yeah, chasing. So a backwards seven said that about the guy met at university mm. and uh, Twangathan uh, reposted with pointing <laughs> out that Ray of Light My Madonna makes you walk like that character in the Dick Emery show who used to go Hello Honky Tonk what, then sta- <laughs> and then stands by de- the window of a department store waving one arm, one leg. Is no, that's Harry Worth. Oh, it's Harry Worth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> credits, mate. Let's yeah. get this right. Dick Emery. And actually, since we last recorded the podcast, Hugh Lloyd has gone to that great, great comic green room in the sky, hasn't yeah, he? The last of, yeah. last of Tony Hancock's uh, repertory theatre has gone. Hugh Lloyd. Yeah, it's What a, a marvellous uh, soldier. The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast... A way of life. Actually, Martin, I wanted to talk about this. You, you brought up this issue of, of Trevor Horn and, and production back in the day and so forth. There's been a vigorous debate going on on the World website about yeah. decades. You know, how do decades come in and out of favour? You know, what makes people decide that you know, the 70s are suddenly immensely mm. cool and I don't know, the 90s aren't or whatever? And, um, and many people have been, have been observing that They've had great difficulty listening to records from the 80s mm-hmm. because of the production. No. I think what we're talking about... Well, I am very decadist myself. Oh, I have on. been accused of that, yeah. I, um, I'm often called upon to, um, to represent the era. You're a spokesman for the 80s. Yeah, I've been to Radio 4 and done it. Martin Fry, a spokesman for the 80s. So I would like to um, <laughs> say... Um, I think what they're talking about is the syndromes, yeah, definitely. Syndromes and uh, any form of electronic drum kits. People went crazy with them in the 1980s because they look great on top of the pops, you know, those little hexagonal yeah. drum kits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the production style of the day back then was definitely to make stuff as harsh and abrasive. It's kind of, you know, so your fillings fell out. So I think that may have fallen out of favour <laughs> with a generation of uh, people with, you know, with feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a pretty big uh, generalisation generally. Feelings. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Uh, you know, one minute you can you can enjoy a Quincy Jones uh, off-the-wall thriller record, and the next you can find it highly irritating. I think that's true of any decade, though. Yes. I kind of sometimes like something on a Tuesday and then dislike it on a Wednesday. Where's that coming from? You know? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really so I don't think It's not true of any decade, I don't think. There was a piece in Word, must have been about two years ago, about the 80s, which you contributed to. It was a really fantastically interesting. We interviewed all these groups, um, you know, Heaven 17 and uh, Spandau Ballet and Gary Newman, etc. And they all made really interesting points, which I'd never really taken on board, actually, which is just what, to what extent the, there was a technological yeah. revolution. Because up until about 1981, all groups had a rhythm section, basically. They had, they had uh, uh, you know, Kevin on bass and uh, uh, Scraggy on drums. Those guys were no longer needed, were they? So suddenly all the records were made. The main instrument was the studio. And the advances in technology, the advances in synth- synthesizer, the kind of um, you know evolution, were absolutely extraordinary. Well, it's steam driven, but the the interesting thing then was uh, the advances would take place every two weeks, so stuff would date pretty fast. You don't get that sensation now, even right. though you know Foo Fighters record is ve- on one end it's uh, kind of raw and authentically played, but on key. the other end it's kind of high end digital recording. So it's a combination of the two. But back then. Um, I've known grown men to weep when they heard imagination, uh, you know, just an illusion, because somebody had 
there was a 303 baseline machine uh, yeah, not to get too technical there was a little silver box we bought four of them because we liked the look of them but we never, like everybody else nobody knew what to do with them and the rumour was that Imagination Swain Jolly Swain I think yeah, I got yeah, that right yeah, yeah, yeah. had produced this beautiful lilting bass sound but I don't I also heard that they hadn't they'd used something else so years later that 303 came to the fore with Acid House do you remember the, the Halcyon yeah, days of, yeah. obviously Yaz and uh, S-Express here in Britain and, and, and in Chicago and Detroit where basically um, I, I think somebody with a 303 a Roland 303 sorry they, they tried to make a bass machine which was completely bonkers but it did make that fantastic fizzing bass sound you know yeah, 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 yeah. so from that came a whole genre of music I suppose so, so the, there was a when they get it wrong they get it right but it's interesting what you're saying so those sounds were, were such clear signatures that they would date really quickly then that's uh, what you were saying so literally within a month you've missed your slot you, I think you know. so absolutely so um, you get a box that did a particular thing it was like an arms race wasn't it Sunset's got one. We want one. We yeah, want like to make a, that noise. Like a selection box, yeah. yeah. Or, or a car, you know. Right. I don't know, really. Whereas now, presumably, you know, every bit of software is in every, you know, every, every sound is in every package, isn't it? You know, if you go to, I don't know, whatever it is, Pro Tools or whatever, you, it all comes out of a computer if you want to. There's a lot to. of crunch, though, as everybody knows, with an analogue sound. So there's a lot of crunch with a, with a Moog synthesizer. And, you know, people do go back. And you don't want they, too much crunch, Dave. You don't want crunch. <laughs> no, you don't want so crunch. much crunch. Oh, you he do want crunch. crunch. Sorry. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're all crunch? chasing crunch. Oh, they're all Everybody's chasing crunch. crunch. Yeah. It's all about crunch. They're after that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a horrid new drug. Yeah, saying. yeah. Chasing crunch. Martin, you're now going to tell us what crunch is. Go on. Well, I'd say that's... You know, your, your spine's rumbling. Uh, you know, I know today everybody listens to stuff off um, an iPod and, and a laptop, you know, but the, the speaker is only the size of a, you know, a micron. So I think in the I future the people it... will go back and get the big speakers again. Yeah. We're going to go back to the big speakers. You think speakers. that's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen within so Martin Fry boldly predicts we're all really, going to end up. Yeah. This is interesting. We're going to yeah. have big speakers and we're going to have a sounds room in the house. Yeah, yeah it's going that way. With scatter cushions yeah, for and a lot possibly of... a candle. Candle, um, oil lamps. Oil. Now, it's going to be down lamp. to a couple of things. One, my hearing's definitely deteriorating. <laughs> yeah. yes. And two, I shout a lot uh, as a cantankerous fel or elder statesman of pop. So I think I need a room of my own to right. listen to my pop. I, like, I like the way, though, you keep talking about music in terms of its physical effect. You know, yeah. Your spine melts or something. Yeah. So that, that's what you're looking for. You want to, you know, the producing, the crunch has got to be the thing that makes my the, favorite the left hand side of your body stop working and your, and your foot fall off. Or something. Yeah, I it's, think it's so. a major effect from the audience. I think so. So I think so. I mean, uh, mid '90s. I remember going to Brixton Academy to see the Prodigy, and I don't know if you ever seen them. The, the, I've seen got the, them, yeah, the loudest of. sound system, and probably still have ever designed. And I did stand at the back of the room, and um, I noticed everybody had their shirt off, and I was there in a little tweed jacket because I was going somewhere else. And uh, <laughs> in '92, I how many tweed feel, jackets did you see? Yeah. Prodigy concert? No, no, it was just, there was <laughs> one other guy at the a back. Brace of we quail the across the place your arm. Was, the walls were sweating, and um, at that point in time, you, you knew what a bass line was. They designed the whole thing, so you felt the bass line go from L5 to L3 in your lumbar region. You know, it's kind of, you're Excellent. vibrating, and that yeah, yeah. is what it's about, I think. Yeah. So that different, could be different like music has different effects. When you and I, you know, stagger I back and retreat at that Blur concert... Um, yeah, which was the thanks. loudest thing I've David, ever heard. David, I would see Blur, and I, my lungs were whole. The chest was yeah. going to rip. Can't you really like that? It hasn't completely <laughs> recovered. Oh, I felt dear. like being, I was being smothered by a giant rubber mattress. You know, yeah, I couldn't breathe. You're on a Harley Davidson, at yeah, 20 yeah. miles an hour, and you were blindfolded. And yeah. you're loving this, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, 
So we're, we're looking at the weather forecast for this weekend. Oh, yeah. And it's possibly raining, which you're a bit cross about. Well, I'm the going WOMAD uh, festival. You're going to WOMAD. Martin, <laughs> tell Mark where you're going this well, weekend. Well, unfortunately, I'm looking for sunshine, but I am going to go to the... That's my uh, phone. That's Dave's telephone. Oh, answer it. Telephone, they can't answer it. it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, um, it's home. Oh, right. I've got a picnic on, but it is at the uh, Cartier Polo uh, <laughs> Championship at Windsor. Yeah. So have I arrived finally as a so we're, we're posh just, we're discussing man the rock, of the 80s? You're what's going happened to a Polo to Championship. We're, we're discussing the yeah. Rock Polo crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Are you performing? So, no, it, no, I'm not performing. No, no, it's one of those rare, gigantic hamper. No, I've, yeah, yeah. So you have to get rolled asparagus sandwiches. My wife, my wife has many. Pairs of Jimmy right. Chews, and I think some of them have to walk across the field. Right, don't rush right. me. So people who will also be there, Hold obviously on. Charlie Watts, number one. Yeah, mm. oh, so we never Tick. thought of that one. I'm saying Brian Ferry. Mm. Yeah, possibly. I possibly. Jagger. Am I getting no. close? Am I getting no, he's Certainly Jay Jagger. Jay Jagger could mm. be. You see, you're getting two Tick. very famous, two drummers, two drummers are going to be there. We yeah. are saying. Who are Martin and I? We're talking about this. I've got a definite. Gone. Kenny Jones. Kenny yes. Jones is absolutely oh gone. Yeah, he's got his own polo team, hasn't and he? And now you're going to you're going to supply the other one as a uh, hmm. drummer of a group recently reformed, very successfully. What's he out of the exploited? <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. It's that bloke from the sense. Degenerate from Eat. <laughs> Go on, who is it? Stuart Copeland. Stuart Copeland. I'm saying Stuart Copeland is bound to be there. Martin okay. wants to know. Well, I don't know. I will find out because, uh, one, they've got to let me in. But, uh, I know Mark Ronson's there DJing, so that's got to be impressive. <laughs> I want to see what happens. DJing a polo event. This you is see, just getting possible. These days, I, I am often at a corporate, event, a corporate event, but often as the visiting artists so it's going to be really nice not to have so to do how do you how do you find me on it's interesting doing corporate events from a, from a, an artist point of view yeah. how do you find it well it's the great kind of mystical unspoken it's even now people people kind of speak in whispered tones don't they about amy winehouse and a million pounds from doing a big party in russia See, I, if i was only a million pounds i would be very whispered about yeah it. yeah if i'd be really quite boring about it i'd be telling everybody so what's uh, uh, um, pounds the next day what sort of one what's, what's in the my biggest? immediate ex- experience yeah I, I went to moscow and we did um, a, a, a guy's wedding a russian wedding but in moscow there is that little enclave where it's not really moscow it's kind of like four or five enormous <laughs> yeah. houses yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not really houses that it's akin to like I was going to say travel lodges, but that's not the right word. It's like going to centre parks, but it's one person's home, and they are a billion billionaire, and they have guys with machine guns on the outside. So it's a compound. So we were at a compound, yeah, compound. So I was allowed to go into the compound and perform at this guy's uh, wedding. And was there, how many songs do you have to do? I well, mean, what, um, on that occasion, about seven or eight songs. Um, so you take the whole band and yeah. Them. Um, and do they get to pick the, the set list? Or do they you do go, sometimes. Do you go, yeah, oh, they go. This is a song. Well, if they're paying, if they're paying a large amount of money, I would thought yeah. they have every right. What's impressive was uh, there was a guy there to roll cigars for people, and that's all he did. I was kind of impressed with that. But also, they had another place. I said, "Where would where do we stay tonight?" And they said, "Over there." And there was a place the size of a hotel, and there was only f- about seven of us staying in the whole hotel. I was kind of impressed by the scale of that. But um, somebody it, did tell me they did. Um, uh, I think it was some of the guys, I may be wrong, in level 42, and they did a, um, a, a, a on a boat for a, a Russian, you know, zillionaire that loved level 42. But there was um, only about four people in the audience, and they did a fantastic show. But one of them was um, a famous Hollywood movie star who had just been flown over to check the show as well. So it's a private party. It's playing a dinner party. But there's a mate of ours. That's good. That's where I want to be. A promoter of Cornbury Festival, in fact, Hugh Fillmore, who puts on a lot of these uh, events. And he says the weird thing is that he he put on Whitney Houston two years ago at somebody's birthday party. And he said it it, it was a wedding. And, you know, playing to, I don't know, two or three hundred people. He said the weirdest thing at the end was that 
nobody really clapped. No. And actually, I'm sure you've experienced it. It doesn't mean that they haven't enjoyed it. The point is they've spent so much fucking money. They don't feel that they need to clap. Do you well, know what I mean? also they this. Really, they've like, kind of bought the experience. So it's quite hard yes. to play to that audience because they're not giving you much back. Well, you know... As a doyen of that world, I will say this. If they're wearing fancy dress, you've no problems because they just go ballistic. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. It's crazy because they're in fancy dress. Yeah, that's reason. good. That's yeah. good. Or a, a mask ball or something. But um, uh, I did do a show once up in Glasgow and I, I came out. In fact, the guy did say, could you just do a big silhouette shape, Martin? Everybody will recognize you in silhouette. And then out I pop as the screen opens. Oh, and of course, the screens come open and I look out into the audience, the, the the track's crashing down and I'm shooting that poison arrow but I realise everybody's got a, like a glass of Chardonnay in one hand and a programme in the other yeah. so I'm like kind of driving along in a, in a car to a brick wall because I know at the end of that song there's going to be dead silence that, I know, exactly. shoot that poison arrow yeah, <laughs> one guy put his program on the floor. So, I mean, I think maybe Whitney might have uh, might have had a similar problem that night. I just want that idea though. When you start that horse track, yeah. you started out where it you wanted to, and here, here oh, you yeah. are. Did you have any idea these years later you'd be, you'd be in Russia playing to a load of people in seventeenth yeah, century costumes? Life is very <laughs> surreal. Leaping out of a screen, shooting that. Well, I was arrow, talking to somebody this morning who is behind, is involved in a website, mm. and I can't remember the name of it, and I'm not going to plug it. Uh, which is aimed at getting people to order up their ideal gig. Yeah. So yeah. that basically they see what the, you know, who would you like to see? Who would you like to see if you could see them under fantastic conditions, you know, perfect visibility, comfortable, and you'd pay quite a lot of money? So let's say the answer is level 42. Yeah. So they work out how many people would, would do that for level 42, and then they go to level 42 and say, would you play mm -hmm. for this much money? Yeah. In front of a load of people who would love to see you. And have dialed up the privilege. And, and the answer, you know, the I thing, would be yes. Be, yeah. Really it's probably better than corporate, because at least they've, they definitely want you. Yeah. It could be tougher. Yeah, it could be tougher. What do you mean? Well, just you know, blind adulation. The expectations are high. You know, yeah, I'm sure yeah. Mick Jagger would quake at the thought of oh, hard 200 of the Stone. most hardcore Rolling Stones fans. You know, terrifying for one, he's going to come off the stage <laughs> and they're going to go... Play Exile on Main Street, Miss. Yes, yes, you know, yeah. they, you, know you can Virginia. never please all the people all the time. Yeah. But in a way, um, this conversation definitely brings it home to me that if um, I think there's a lot of tribute bands out there that must be quaking in their boots because the real thing, once the real upon things a time, back. the real things are arriving. They're shaking so, off the dust. And somebody did say, you know, once you <laughs> is put there an Tina ABC tribute band? I bet there is. Uh, there is. Um, what yeah, are they called? Have um, got some terrible punning name. I can't no. remember now. I have seen a couple of acts. <laughs> It's, it's kind you of something, 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 80s, 80s, something, something, yeah. yeah, yeah. that boy's narrow. No, no. Uh, no, no, not really. No, good luck to them. Good luck to them. I'm thinking of, um, you know, bring them on, you know. Um, they can go and do my, my six-week tour of America. You know, you get somebody in younger, better looking. Uh, that's how I like, kissed, kissed it. They said four bands Are you doing a tour this, uh, this summer in America? Yeah, America that's with, um, Yeah. Oh God, Belinda Carlisle and the Human League. League, yeah, and somebody else, Dead or Alive. And no, no, no? Uh, Pete's not doing it now. Not doing it. We were. Uh, I'm very disappointed because I don't know through illness, but um, <laughs> he's not doing it. But we're doing four dates in Mexico, Summer and I figured it would be. It would have been a hell of a trip. See, that's it's still going to be great. See, I love the idea of these kind of eighties package tours. It's a bit like being in a, having worked, worked at the Smash Hits, uh, of course, in the eighties. It's like being in a kind of edition of the Smash Hits yeah. yearbook. It's yeah. come to life. Yeah. Over there in one corner is Banana Rama. Yes. Hello, good lord, it's Nick Haywood at Echo 100. You know. Three songs each. Go on. ABC, the Human League, and Belinda Carlisle. So two dour, right 
salts from Sheffield <laughs> yeah. and Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. Well, she lives here now, doesn't she? I thought she lives in France. Yeah, yeah but she still didn't grow up in Sheffield in the States. No, not on the mean street. Oh, no, she'll be Stratton. She'll be Stratton. Yeah, that's when we get to California, they'll be they'll be screaming for Belinda. So how do you get on with all those people? Um, it is interesting, yeah, and I have done a couple of tours of duty with uh, various package uh, sort of tours and things. Yeah, it's very different from playing with an orchestra or playing with your whole your band, but um, it's fascinating. Yeah, there's a movie in it. There's a movie. There's got to be a movie. And I'm going to ask you a very direct question, which you don't Go have ahead. to answer because you're not going to answer it. But you, I'll you, answer you, it. you know, in my experience of, of musicians, which is quite extensive now, if you put a load of musicians in a room, there's a sort of jostling moment when one or two of them need to establish early on. That they're bigger than the rest. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. I know. They, they arrive terribly late. They sit in the corner. They need to be on their own. They've got to have their mind with them. It's they're they're always aid. on the phone. It's a live thing. Exactly. It was televised. Yeah. So if you come in and you're the kind of... Exactly. That's brilliant. If you come in and you're the kind of friendly, uh, you know, hail fellow, well met, uh, easy to greet kind of character, it makes it look like you're the bottom of this mm, food chain. chain. You're the most junior member because you're keen to... You may just be very sociable and outgoing. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. You're not playing by the rules of rock. Yeah. Well, you the old rules don't always apply, you know. Entourage isn't so cool anymore. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. Okay. It's kind of cool when you see um, the guy shows up Climbs off the motorbike and just does the show, yeah. Right. But some people like to play to the old rules and, and, and generate an entourage and stuff. But what is funny is, back in the day, if you, when you walked onto the, the, was it a set? The set of Top of the Pops. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's seething, aren't they? With jealousy. Yeah. They've all been <laughs> running around yeah. South Molten Street to Bazaar to get the Jean-Paul yeah. Gaultier outfit. Exactly. Steve Norman's Steve wearing it. The show oh, my wanted. God. <laughs> so there's an element the of that. The record company are telling you that your record's at number eight in the charts, but it's going to go to number... And you're looking, well, there's seven more places, you know. <laughs> yeah, Why aren't we number one? And then the other guys, everybody's kind of got this seething kind of... You know it. You've seen yeah. it. And isn't ego and yeah. competitive spirit? Well, people do often ask me, they go, well, you know, years on, you've mellowed, you know, and hey, you guys are going on tour with... Uh, you know, I did the tour with Rick Astley and Bananarama and or off on tour with the Human League. And yeah. Music. You know, it's all cool now, isn't it? And I kind of think, well, yeah, it is and it isn't, but it does make for a great show because there's still an there is still an element of uh, the uh, competitive comp competitive spirit. There, there has to be. It's just it's just there. So, all the so Martin, who's got the bigger dressing room? You or Rick well, Astley? This is the point. Uh, well, yeah. uh, oh, just who? Which of you two? It's not Astley, is it? Well. Astley's been rickrolling, and the rickrolling thing's been working oh, he's storm yeah. for Astley. Does yeah, that increase the size of your dressing room, a bit of rickrolling? Yeah, yeah. But what do you do is... If <laughs> oh, you, God. You I've got so much to lose. This has gone right <laughs> Tell you what, though. I, I don't actually know what rickrolling is, no, as you can tell. I'm just it's nodding. Oh, rickrolling. Oh, I'll right, say this, though. Yeah. Most arenas, have, uh, they've developed a, uh, a kind of design style now at Wembley Arena and the NEC in Manchester and stuff where the dressing rooms are all of a similar size actually I have to say that uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Very I'm intrigued. That's, that's something I think they've, they've definitely devised I'm over the years I'm intrigued by this idea though <laughs> there is that, a hierarchy that, though yeah. that as soon as people have any kind of success on, on Top of the Pops you used to be very much the focus of them. yeah yeah oh, they're that's immensely jealous of what goes on of each other they have about a week in my experience of sort of seeing lots of people have hits particularly in the days of smash hits or whatever in my experience they have about a week when they're just absolutely wide-eyed and thrilled to yes. be. Yes. 
Yeah, and what happened? And then it just curdles. Yeah, very quickly. Such a curl of the edges. Yeah. <laughs> because you're then thinking about the next one yes. or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's so good. Because I think I think Mark and I were instrumental in the first time you got on a magazine cover. Yes, but it's a cover of Smash Hits. Yes, picture yes. done by Sheila Rock. Yes, you in the gold. You in the gold coming out of a, yeah, out out of of a saxophone. saxophone. We're in the gold suit. Great picture. A funny thing was though, we were in Sheffield the night before with a guy called Jeff Young, who uh, was the promotion guy that back then, and uh, he. For some reason, he lost his car in Sheffield. We went out uh, that night, and his car just disappeared. So we had to get a taxi. I was really impressed to go to uh, meet Sheila to do that picture. So we took a black cab from Sheffield to London, which back then seemed a very decadent Literally thing the to do. Time. Still is, <laughs> really, isn't it? Is and the look you get as you're sitting in your little uh, yeah. black where do you want to go? South Bolton Street. Like, That's right. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to travel 212 yeah. miles. There'll be yeah. a big tip That's in great. It, mate. I was yeah. impressed. That was rock and roll. That's very good. But um, I think people do um, gauge their kind of place in the hierarchy, especially in music, in different ways. And it used to be the size of the tour bus. That was the classic kind right. of... Yeah, yeah. How, you, how many births have you got? Like a little mini castle rolling <laughs> exactly. around the world. These days, it's got to be uh, MySpace hits, hasn't it? See him uh, over there. Oh, really? 30,000 MySpace hits. Oh, and you know the guy sitting there with his auntie <laughs> and his, yeah. his grandma. So, so you know, have you bumped into Gary Kemp yeah. in, in, in Oxford Street, right, this afternoon? You know, is, is, how soon will it be before the conversation goes to, you know, turns to MySpace hits? Not the case of Gary Kemp, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Not, not really. <laughs> you, you're a mate with Tony Hadley. Yes, I am. And yeah. you, I was reading. No, I do that. You and Tony Hadley went trekking. Yes, we did, yeah. In Venezuela. This yeah. sounds very exciting. Go on, yeah. tell well, us. Um, to raise money. Yeah, life's kind of exciting for me at the moment. Yeah, well, I do my orchestral shows and, uh, you know, the cruise and the, the trips to the uh, the billionaire's house in Moscow. But I, I do also play music as well. Right. But um, what I did do with Tony, Tony Hadley was obviously the singer in Spano Ballet. He's a similar height to me. We did. They they put us out on tour together. We kind of both did shows together. <laughs> the, the, from that, I learned there's a very healthy kind of, you know, to get two egos the size of ours together in one room was very healthy, and uh, we we were very good friends. But you know, back in the day, uh, ABC and Spandau Ballet. No, that was like I'm trying to think. Didn't mix. If there was a sort of a sporting uh, analogy oh, there, yeah, modern oh, rock. Yeah. You know, they were the guys from uh, London. We oh, were from absolutely. Sheffield. You know, yeah. it's like. There were cultural differences there. But you went trekking. However, yeah, French, we went and did um, a charity trek for Action Med Medical Research. But um, they have sus that if they kind of get Tony Hadley or myself or a couple of pop stars along, it does increase the number of people that goes on the trek. So about 40 people. So we went to the Lost World. It. Yeah, they join it. And it's good for the charity. So we went to the Lost World in Venezuela. Uh, which has changed now. President Chavez has sort of closed it down with the military and changed his approach. So we were very lucky to go to um, what's it like a tepui. It's like you climb up to the top of it and it's like untouched for billions of years. It's like being in a, uh, it's a lost world. It's like right. all black kind of concrete stuff. It's like being in, uh, you go back in time. Yeah. Did you say so with a couple of dinosaurs like us up there, you know. <laughs> but it was Did very you good. You, were, you, were, you performed together, the two of you. Um, well, no, no, we were just oh, like right. trekking basically, right. and we uh, also went to Costa Rica in, f in February, a whole bunch of people. But it does, j you know, I guess people kind of wonder if we're capable of actually physically climbing the hill. Yeah. Uh, a couple of fans come along, of course, and right. it's kind of a, it's good. Yeah. But um, yeah, it kind of worked out well. It takes two as well. You and Gabby Roslin. Yeah, yeah. The duet, oh, I, the duet I, thing on cruelly beaten by Nicky Campbell and um, Beverly Knight. Well, you know, as an elder statesman of pop, uh, <laughs> you, many doors open to you, and um, 
No, no, I'm you trying don't to need to look so apologetic. I watched the programme. I wanted to see uh, uh, Curtis Tigers and Penny Smith yeah, no, at GMTV. I, uh, it was Curtis, sensational. Um, they were. They were. They stole the show. And, uh, <laughs> I, went, well, I played a gig in Boise and uh, Curtis came down to the show. He lives in Boise, Idaho, which is a fantastic place with one street through it. Yeah. And, um, Everybody else says Curtis Steigers is a lovely guy. He is a very, very nice man, yeah, a very good man. So In fact, I did get to duet with Curtis, yeah, we did a, a Sam and Dave tune together on oh, TV, cool. 17 million so people. So what did you duet? You did but what I can't remember, and I have erased from my memory, is the moment when uh, I got to duet with um, Gabby Roslin, and we attempted to sing Fly Me to the Moon with an orchestra, but we kind of blew it, and we got thrown off after the first... How did you blow it? What did you do? First right day, I don't know, you know, with a duet, it takes t it takes two, yeah. as Marvin Gaye said. So, exactly. right, okay. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like if one person Dude, jumps, jumps, in the, jumps in the pool before the whistle's gone, you've got to grab a hold of them and steer that ship. So uh, we sucked, basically. Uh, we sucked. That's okay. You know, and, well, Stuart Copeland and uh, Lulu you know, were there with career advice. And we got blown off the show, which oh, is kind of... Yes, I might have to have a word with him when I see him at the solo. This is you better look out. Right. You'll be on the wrong <laughs> end of a bottle of Moet and Chandel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my message in a bottle, mate. However, no, that won't happen. with So I can't... Yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing about Saturday Night TV... To what, I don't know. I left the country shortly afterwards. So <laughs> and it's been very kind <laughs> of you to remind me. But the beautiful thing Sorry, is, yeah. um, there are so many of those up. shows, and uh, and everybody has a short memory. But unfortunately, on YouTube, that stuff lives forever. So it's like, yeah, of course, have a look. It's one of those great, uh, great moments. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. So you got a new record out, as they always say in every oh, yeah. interview. Yeah, Not no, that no. this is strictly an interview. Yeah, no. called Traffic. Yeah. Um, well, I made so many. Uh, well, it reached the point with ABC where there were more compilations than there were studio albums, which kind of did make me feel. Of, and there's kind of compilations I've never seen before. Like, you know, I go into a service station and there's three of them. You know, yeah. so it's time oh, yeah, to redress yeah. the balance a bit. Uh, so it just felt right to um, write some new songs. I hadn't written any songs for a long time because uh, I'd written about 120 songs, and I thought, well, does anyone really want 12 more ABC tunes? So right. I left it for a while. Yeah. But I kind of hooked up with a guy like David Palmer and a guy called Chuck Kentis and started writing some new songs a couple of years back in America. Where do I know David Palmer? Well, David Palmer's a well, original member of He was ABC. the original member of ABC, he? yeah. Uh, oh, but he's also got a day Mark job. Mark White and Steve yeah. Singleton. So where, where are they all? It's well, what um, these well David, um, he has a day job as the drummer with Rod Stewart and has oh. played with Rod Stewart oh, for about 12 yeah. years consistently. So... It's kind of whenever Rod's not doing anything, we, we I took it up with David and we'd write some songs. Does he have to songs. wear striped trousers and a frock? He does, I uh, know, but he, I have noticed... <laughs> does he have a Greco pineapple haircut? <laughs> um, that was more ABC and, yeah, Rod, <laughs> man trap yeah. for days. That's true, actually. But, um, yeah, Rod, Rod's pretty... Rod's show's pretty good, so, um, yeah, David's there. Oh, what happened to he Steve does Singleton? Sometimes make it was your sax player, wasn't he? Was Steve Singleton, um, well, what happened to me was... Um, a couple of years ago, VH1 did a show called... Uh, of course. Called? Oh, of course. It's called Friends Reunited. Friends Reunited. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of one of their... A big show, particularly oh, in America. Oh, it's a huge show in America. So they, I went to Quaglino's for something to eat one night uh, with, with a guy new, and he set me up because I sat down to, to kind of eat some fabulous food and I tapped me on the shoulder and there was a kind of film crew there, about 17 guys from MTV, and would you like to reunite the man, Martin? So it was kind of... It was good. It's, that's reality TV show. Good God, from that's a high risk. So I never got that to eat is. that meal. 
That's very so, They didn't do that with Johnny Rotten, did they? No. Um, yeah, maybe Glenn I, I, I don't got think the they turned the up, but they're all gone. You never know. But um, out of that, I hooked up with Dave Palmer again. Uh, Steve Singleton. Well, it was a bit like, you know, when bands... The story of rock and roll is about bands splitting up, isn't it? Yeah, because you talk about entirely. the great euphoria of success, and then a lot of a it's lot usually of about bands' girlfriends that make bands split yeah, up. Yeah, you know, look at any band from yeah, the Beatles yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. onwards. You know, it, that is the story of rock and roll. So it was almost for me. It was almost like uh, here was this film crew. Here was MTV and VH1. There. Here was this showcase. It's a bit like a lunar eclipse, really. The doors were opening for a kind of few milliseconds. Would we all get together? And then they shut again. So right. when they shut, there was me and Dave Palmer there. That's Steve nice, Singleton yeah. lives in Sheffield and, and reminisces uh, happily. Yeah, yeah, good. And, and uh, Mark White, um, around about 92, 93, just said, no, I don't want anything more to do with music. And he was always a very black and white dogmatic yeah, sort of yeah. guy, very strong-willed, very creative guy, very good musician. And he kind of said, no, I'm going to just, I don't, those records are gone, that guitar's gone, uh, I don't want to do that anymore. And now he's like a Reiki master, he's into therapy. Oh, right, all right. So... It was interesting, though, and in any band's genesis, to have that moment where you do get the opportunity. Absolutely. It, well, I never really go to school reunions and stuff like yeah. that, do you? I mean, how and I suppose also you it? can blame it on VH1. It's not like you yeah. made the phone yeah. call, is it? Yeah. If it goes wrong, well, they It's want exactly it. like a charity concert, getting together with a charity yeah. concert. If it doesn't work, I'll tell you what, we did it for altruistic reasons. Yes. Yeah. It's philanthropy, it's not self-interested, we're not trying to, you know, although it might have been, you know, did you, you can at least excuse it away. Did you Floyd, though, when they reformed? I did, actually. Does it, Enormous. It, I was right underneath the stage. It's a terribly because, teenage thing to say. Yeah, it? it was the original I was members. Genuinely you know, excited, actually. Uh, Dave Gilmore and Roger Waters on yeah. the same stage together. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of. Concept. And Roger Waters. I, I interviewed Roger Waters for, for Word magazine recently, and he has yeah. still not got over. And I don't blame him. How intensely exciting it was for him. Yeah, the others can take it or leave it because they are Pink Floyd. They can carry well, on. As you Pink know, Floyd nobody can buy that feeling, can no, they? No, you no. know, and that he, moment. He was very honest about the degree to which you miss it. I'm sure it must have happened to you. You know, if you go out on stage and address a huge number of people and then that's taken out of your life it must be very hard to yeah. replace it actually I'm sure well I've had many careers over the years yeah you know as you can tell I've, I've, I'm, I'm kind of veering off into different avenues but uh, yeah I mean you have to I had a couple of milliseconds where I thought should I go and do something else and I just said no, no I'll carry on yeah, well, it's good. That, it's very good that you are. And I noticed on your on your record, uh, the rhyme Frappuccino with Valentino, which thank I thought was very, very much. He's very yeah, Martin okay. Fry. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you listened to the record. Thank God he's back. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Been waiting nice. for the invention of the Frappuccino to yeah. get that one. Yeah, yeah. This lovely little, uh, slightly Trevor Horn touches at the moment. At the moment uh, yeah, well, with nice Gary Langan who uh, yeah, recorded yeah. some of the stuff. But yeah, it, well. You know, I play live a great deal all around the world, so to put a, put a piece of music out is a plus. It's a kind of cherry on a blancmange, you know. It's nice. Cherry so on a blancmange. Are you going to be playing I once said that to a guy in, uh, in L.A., and he cherry didn't know what I meant. You know when you biscuit. go to America and you think you're speaking American, and people have no idea what you're talking about? Yeah. I was getting really upset. Uh, some freight had disappeared, and we were kind of in Miami with an hour to go to a show with no equipment. So I said to the guy, you know, where the hell is the stuff? You know, where's it gone? I said, the, we've got problems here, but the real cherries on the blancmange is the fact that we've got an audience outside, you know. And everybody started laughing because they could tell the guy, you know, you wouldn't really order a blancmange in there, like, no, you would you? They don't know what a blancmange is. It may now be a very popular of, American expression. Yeah, yeah. My favourite uh, American expression at the moment is pre-loved for second hand. Pre loved. Pre loved. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I saw a shop. Yeah, I saw a shop. It was a second hand shop. It says pre loved clothes. It, oh, you know, they've okay. already been loved. Meaning they're old. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, 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 I know. I just yeah. So are you, pl are you playing over here? 
after you come back from America or not? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You don't yeah, know. In yet. fact, I am uh, off on the Steel City tour with the Human League and Happy oh, yes. So we'll see oh, so we'll so we'll how with ABC. This. Yeah, we begin. Up You've done this, the, done this once before, is this right? No. I always no, thought somebody said the well, In fact, the weird thing is. Um, the Human League, Martin Ware was in the Human League originally, wasn't he? Yes, Martin yes. Martin Ware and yeah, Craig Marsh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Human League yeah. with Philoki and Adrian Wright. And then obviously there was a schism yeah, in Sheffield, yeah. which was like, I don't know. Wednesday like, United. <laughs> yeah, it was like John Lennon and George Harrison forming a band yeah, and yeah. Paul and Ringo doing another band, you know. So it's been kind of interesting when we've done this sort of pre Pre-love, pre-shop, pre-love. Do you have a George. meeting? Do you have a meeting? Yeah, we had a meeting. We had a meeting. So. You all sit in a room and mm. say, "Okay, it's yeah, going to work like this." Yeah. Uh, no, no. You, you say, "I'm headlining," and yeah. then Mars and Philoki goes, "No, I'm headlining." Yeah. And yeah. then the lawyers come in. And no, then... yeah, that's all covered before you get in the room. Yeah. So, so yeah. cabaret Voltaire not available. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Richard, yeah, Richard Kirk, Steve Melinda. Yeah, I'd love them to be there. Yeah, I think um, Steve Melinda's in Australia. That would be fantastic. Well, maybe for another year. Yeah, maybe for another year. I've got to mention this just very quickly, which I found in the in the attic this morning. I'm a great filer. I keep everything. Oh, Big attic. This, yeah, oh this my is, goodness. This is a letter written on, on the Portobello Hotel huh? uh, notepaper, 22 Stanley Gardens, uh, W11. Yeah. Uh, when they were begging you for publicity and from this me. Is, this is your I'll tell you what it was. Martin Fry and I, I was the editor of Smash Hits magazine, we were doing the Smash Hits yearbook. Okay. Martin Fry and I sat down in this hotel to try and write, for you wrote... The ABC story. A story, it was a ghost story. Oh. For the book. And I'm going to read you the first page. Do you remember this? Did he get? Oh, this yeah. is your writing. It says yeah. here they enter Rockies, a club Frank had never seen before. <laughs> Supposedly a nightclub, but by saying that defies the Trade Descriptions Act. It's more like a palace for bruisers, where a re where redecorating meant fresh sawdust and where the mice carried truncheons. That That's good. That ain't bad. This is and pages, what the hell is pages, that? You know, pages, handwritten manuscript. He might, yeah, he might have that back now. You know, it's I fantastic, mean. isn't it? There was other bits. That could be a movie. And we published that. It could be a movie. So yeah. another career for you. We published yeah. that in Smash well, Hits. Do you remember? And that was that was in the days when when a chart busting pop star could write. And, and a chart busting oh, yeah. pop star was yeah. staying <laughs> in the Portobello Hotel. I mean, that's why that handwriting. Can't do that anymore. That's a very educated post, uh, hand. Post Blackberry and uh, laptop. Yeah, that's it. Well, listen, we got to go. You're going to the opera. I'm going to the opera. I'm going to the Royal Opera House to see Monkey Opera. <laughs> Jamie Hewlett and David Albarn. Dave, you wouldn't like it. No. I don't think you'd enjoy it. Well, I'm, I'm going to enjoy hearing you tell me about I'm it. I'm going to tell you about it tomorrow in great detail. Might do a podcast next week where Mark talks about going to the opera. First I, time at the opera, is First that right? time at the opera, yes, it is. Right. Yeah. What are you doing tonight, Martin? I'm going to head home. I've been uh, out and about for two days now. I'm going to go been, back and been see rubbish my family. Ben yeah. Kingsley and Alice Cooper this afternoon. Yeah, I've been in an ISDN room. I was very impressed, yeah. Uh, well, you sit by the water fountain. We're back to polo again? No. No, ISDN, uh, where you, each person sits in their room and, and tells their story of their lives what to radio bizarre. stations. And when oh, you come out... What a bizarre <laughs> show. Yeah. Kingsley. Yeah, it's great. That's show that into each other right <laughs> somewhere <laughs> else on the promotional trial. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. like, it's like you get every famous person on a card and you just shuffle the deck and randomly <laughs> <Yeah>. just... Three guard break. I've got Ben Kingsley and Alice Cooper. Hey, you know the new Batman film? Do you reckon the Joker looks like Keith Flint? Yes, he does. He's ripped him off. You know, no disrespect to Heath Ledger, but he's ripping off the prodigy. Yeah. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hold up. 